Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. I think I may have given up on doing the intro inspired by other podcasts because I realized I have a set intro recorded that I add to all my episodes and it's so automatic that... I think I forgot it existed and that I needed to do like a hey, welcome to another episode of Dowdy, which is recorded in that set intro that I add to every single episode. I still want to tell you what's happening in my life in this intro that I record at each episode and I'm recording this on a Sunday. I started editing this podcast on Friday thinking, oh shit, my last intro I mentioned the American election and how it's weird to be launching it on just like the day results will be out, but I had edited it before results will be out. Then I started editing this on Friday and thought, if I finish today, I will still record an intro without knowing the final results. And this just seems silly. How can this take this long? Because I'm procrastinator and I didn't finish the editing on Friday, I now at least can record this knowing who's the next president of the United States and feel positive about the fact that it's not Donald Trump. It was interesting for me to realize how much that was influencing my life, I guess, my my mood. It made me, and despite knowing that there's like no magical solution for all the right-wing rhetoric that is taking over the world, all the emboldened racists and xenophobes and misogynists that have been emboldened by the last four years of Trump in power, I, I, I believe. Him not being there doesn't mean they'll all go away and not feel emboldened anymore. So it's not like a magic bullet and there's like so much work to do. And I still live in the UK with a right-wing... <laughs> government and no perspective of it going away soon and let's face it biden is not perfect and uh, nowhere near perfect and for my standards he's maybe a centrist and that's like saying a lot but still there's some hope that have been removed from my moods that has now returned which I think sometimes is also influenced by others. And I have so many friends in America and so many of you listen to me are in America. And yeah, there's like little bits of hope and happiness and some belief that what I can do to change things may have an impact as small as it may be and as much as just my community that it influences And interestingly enough, I talk about that with my guests uh, on the Zip episode that was recorded a while back in the middle of October, the last day of full freedom in the UK before we were upgraded to tier two. And now at some point in the episode, I say something about maybe we'll be back at tier one when the episode is released on the 11th of November. And we're now in the second lockdown. So, you know, uh, my... (laughs) My wishes for the future weren't met on this occasion. I hope they will be met on other occasions because I have many wishes for the future. That strangely, Trump not being the president of the United States anymore, he still is, but not for long, made 
me believe in again for those wishes for the future to be true to be possible to achieve and that's like has a little bit of happy influence i've also just finished watching daniel kitson's dot 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 i think that's the name of it which was recorded at the everyman theater in liverpool and is available to watch online for people who got tickets for it and i just finished watching it and i realized how much i miss live comedy last year i was lucky enough to watch daniel kitson's work in progress works in progress many many of them at angel comedy and how much that inspires my own work seeing a comedian i admire and i look up to and whose work i think is great and inspirational like you know something i would one day like to achieve a storytelling show of that magnitude of craft and perfection and seeing his works works in progress at angel comedy was always such a an insight into the process that helped me in my development of my own work to see that it starts with like a little nugget of something and that it changed changes so much until the finished product because last year I was able to see all these works in progress and then see a show in Edinburgh and to see that grow is truly inspirational so yeah I miss like live comedy a lot I've watched a lot of things that I've I've I was an audience a lot of times at Angel Comedy who have had some difficult times during this COVID period because they're not able to do shows. I've watched a bunch of things at Soho Theatre who similarly had such a bad time during COVID for not being able to put on shows and have revenue from the shows. And they both got bits from the Cultural Recovery Fund that that will probably help them survive this period. And I hope they do, because I want to be back there in those rooms watching comedy. And as much as I dislike a lot of what Edinburgh is and what Edinburgh represents for comedians who end up spending a lot of money to have a show there because they're supposed to, because it's the only way to be seen by industry, by the press, by reviewers, by agents. And there's so much put in that that I hate, but it's also like a great place for an audience member to just watch a bunch of comedy, watch so many shows in one day. And I've been up there as uh, an audience member, a reviewer, uh, but I review as an audience member. I love comedy and I, I try not to review from a point of destruction, but from a point of someone who loves comedy and enjoys comedy and wants to see the best in a show and wants to see what in that show inspires my own work, inspires me to create more. And yeah, I, I've i done that for the past two or three years. I've been up there watching a bunch of shows in August, and that didn't happen this year. Shows at the theater, so many that I, I had booked that were cancelled. Shows at Angel Comedy, even like the people in my fellow comedians in the shows I perform at, and the shows I produce, not, none of that happened and I've just realized by watching Daniel Kitson's show today that that really has an impact in my creativity as well and my enjoyment of life <laughs> maybe more even than my creativity I've ha- I've just haven't been being surprised by people's material that makes me laugh for 
eight months now. I've seen some stuff online and some stuff that is very funny online and things that are like series and sitcoms and stuff like that that have probably made me laugh after the, um, over these past eight months. But that live bit of it hasn't happened and I've realized today that I missed that more than I thought I did. And that has like a bigger impact on me than I thought it did. And we do talk a little bit about the London live comedy scene in this episode in maybe not a super positive way because we want both me and my guest want to create more spaces and better spaces and better shows and not have like the bad, bad experience that both of us have had in performing comedy in London. But still, with all those caveats, it's still something I really, 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 really miss. And I think that's all I want to share from my life today. And the episode will start, as it always does, with my guests, Victoria Olsina, introducing herself. My name is Victoria, and I'm originally from Argentina. I was born in a hospital in front of an ice cream shop in Alta Gracia, which is the city of Che Guevara, 34 years ago, on the 21st of September, 1986, at 9.15 p.m., take that on board, astrologist, for my birth chart. I'm a Virgo with moon in Virgo, very Virgo. So it means that I'm a highly functional human being who is good at many things, but dealing with other human beings. Mm. I think this is like the most detail anyone has ever given in their intro. I, it's the first person I know the time they were born at. So, you know. Because it's a Virgo. It's a Virgo trait. Yeah. And generally, if you, um, if you want to bubble with me, ladies, I get along with very well with Virgos and Sagittarius. Mm. The, other, the other star signs, please don't bother, especially Aries and Pisces. And Gemini's. I'm a Sagittarius. I don't want to know. Just like FYI. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Well, well, you see, that's why we get along. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Cool. Thank you for all those details. Have you said what you did? You are a stand-up comedian. Mm. Uh, I don't know. And an I'm SEO a stand-up comedian. Specialist. I don't know if that's what you are. <laughs> exactly. Uh, much more famous in SEO than in comedy. Uh <laughs> I'm actually an influencer in SEO. What is SEO? You might be wondering. Search engine optimization. So basically, putting uh, websites and pages first on Google. And I do conferences, webinars. I have sponsors. All of the success that I don't have in comedy, I have it in SEO. You have. Is that enough? No. No, it's not enough. <laughs> you have also been doing like SEO stuff for longer, I guess. So you yes, will reach um, the same the same sort of success success in comedy. Just give it time. Yeah. Well, you go. You you invited me to this. I didn't have to apply, which is See. a good thing. And in SEO, I get invited to a lot of relevant relevant events. And I and I well now I get sponsored by a software called SEM Rush. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention my sponsor, but I'm holding a cap, a mug, and I have a T-shirt. I have socks. So that hasn't happened in comedy yet. And I hope uh, it happens. Well, and you have been kind enough to invite me to this uh, webinar and to invite me to several events you have done, which have been great. I think that Word of Math was my favorite event last year. And I was talking about this with my friend Gaston, which you yes. know. Yesterday we went to a, to a gig, which was horrendous. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say anything else. I will look on your social uh, media to try and find out. <laughs> uh, it's just It was just lots. La uh, there was... 
the comedy instead of being in a venue, I mean in a in a room in a pub because comedy, uh, it was in the main pub. Mm-hmm. So there was people catching up, having a beer, and there was comedy uh, comedy at the same time. And there was this group of lads, yeah. four lads, drunk lads, probably those people that say that they don't believe in feminism, mm-hmm. that kind of people shouting. Shouting because you you can you it would be possible that you don't believe in feminism and you are quiet yes and you are enjoying the comedy but no it was people lads shouting I have been in a gig where it was just like at the corner of the pub while the pub was happening next to it and I don't know if they believed in feminism but there was a, a hand party in the pub that was not there for the comedy so they didn't care about anything the comedians were saying that was a very very hard gig yeah i also ended up insulting them insulting the mc for not taking care of this insulting the audience too because uh, i was the last act of the night and i said how is it possible that you even allow this to happen and you know why it is because you're british (laughs) among other things uh, which make will ensure that i will never get invited again to this gig so it was a fantastic night. Thank you for never in your life putting a, a, a show like that. Yeah, that's not that's not what I'm in comedy for. So yes, <laughs> you. Made... Thank you very much for having uh, decent gigs where people pay a ticket to go. Uh, so you ensure that people that, that that the audience want to see comedy and that this doesn't happen. And we hope that will be able to happen again soon in a way that I will be putting up gigs because I I've stopped putting up gigs uh in live spaces in like real physical spaces and also online I have I'm not putting gigs online but maybe that will happen in the next six months and I yeah don't think physical gigs will happen for me producing them in the next six months we'll see but that's not what this podcast is about yeah in case people wanted to know yes Uh, (laughs) how would you define bravery I think that bravery is to be up to the standards that you want to see in the world, whether it's convenient for you or not. Mm. Do the right thing. Yeah. The thing that nobody will do. Like last night where I ended up insulting everyone, even the MC saying, why are you the MC and you are not in charge of this night and you allowed these lads to behave like this? And it's, it's <laughs> yeah, in that situation, yeah, you are doing the right thing, but I'll, yeah. I, I do that at gigs sometimes when people introduce me in a way that I think is offensive or whatever. And sometimes I wonder if it's effective because uh, I think I ha- I'm not changing anything, but at least I'm not keeping it all to myself. Well, but this happens in business meetings too. I, the only thing I can do, I'm tired. We're in 2020 in London. If we don't treat people equally or respectfully, not equally, Women, people of color, trans people, LGBT, anyone. If we are not treating them, we don't treat them respectfully enough, I think they should be called out. And that's what I'm doing in business meetings, in SEO, everywhere. If the, if I'm in a panel where there is four guys and myself, I want to ask why I'm the only woman. Yeah. Because if these things don't happen in London, when are they? where are they going to happen? In True. Argentina? True. No, it's not going to happen there. We have to keep the standards so that... Some people who are in less fortunate situations or in countries where you have um, much more male-dominated societies, which seems to be the problem of the world. The more male-dominated things are, the worse it's for everyone. I don't know why. I don't know what is the correlation I, there. I haven't, uh, I haven't fully confirmed this information with like scientific papers and stuff like that. But I heard the other day that in matriarchal societies, premenstrual syndrome doesn't exist. 
and that's a cultural phenomenon of the fact that women live with men and does have fucking headaches and pains when they are about to have their period i don't know that's for me it's mind-blowing because i don't understand how that's possible well i'm a lesbian so i i mean i i don't have romantic or sexual interactions with men so most of the uh most of the relationships that i have with men are sort of mandatory or or functional relationships for example i have uh, i lead a team i have a boss i have a landlord but not not like sort of situations I sort of choose. And, and most of the male people I'm surrounding with are gay males and the vibe is something different. So I don't know what it is about. Uh, but I have a session after this with my therapist and I'm going to ask him what is his uh, view on this. You have a male se- therapist then? Yeah, yeah. He ha- yes, he has been my therapist since I was 23 years old. So, so far, I cannot leave him. Yeah, he knows too I much. I cannot leave him. <laughs> yeah, and we have reached a level of confidence that I sometimes I apologize. It's like, sorry, I fuck up this so badly, but it's not a reflection on your capacity as a therapist. It's just that I'm stupid. <laughs> and I haven't learned so I, from yeah, my mistakes. Yeah, so I haven't, I haven't learned. It's like, uh, so yeah, I apologize to my, to my therapist, uh, basically, for being, for doing things that are, embarrassing <laughs> to myself above all i have I'm never really done therapy so uh, i don't know what my relationship with therapists will be but i find it interesting that you apologize for acting embarrassingly <laughs> to your therapist. it's like i know we have dealt with this a million times but i have done it again and here we are i th- to be honest um uh, i only go to therapy when i'm uh, conflicted about Generally, uh, romance relationships. I only uh, schedule a, uh, an appointment for that because the rest of the things I feel I can manage. So, so it's more yeah. of a romantic, your romantic support. Yeah, and also if you uh, apparently Virgos, the hardest thing they find in life is to find a romantic partner or romantic partners in general. So, particularly in London, where human connection is such a flaky, frail thing. Particularly in these times of pandemic. Yes. Well, yeah, I feel I don't understand anything. I don't feel I feel I don't understand anything uh, of how of human behavior or how to relate. And at this point, I think I don't care. <laughs> I put it in comedy. It's a great anecdote. And if it's not in comedy, well, I don't want to talk to you. Like that. That's it. Yeah. I've. Uh, yeah. I like. I shared the, an illustration yesterday from uh, someone I. F- in Berlin that I know and who does illustrations and she shared something like it was one of those sleeping masks uh, with like Zs on and she said I'm too tired to date that's what the illustration said and sometimes I feel that <laughs> I am too tired today I want to fuck but I am too tired to date <laughs> and, I, yeah, well... I, and I would like to have more relationships with people who support me but uh, that's hard <laughs> Yeah, I feel the same way. Also, I feel that there is a lot of things. I mean, uh, COVID uh, makes people tense because we cannot do anything. We cannot go out. We cannot hug each other. Obviously, as the economic predictions turn bleak, there are many jobs. You start feeling less secure with your job and that increases your anxiety. And then you go to a shit night where there is a group of four lads. (laughs) And I feel I wanted to burn the building down. So I... Yeah, I did that. I didn't burn it. Um, I didn't turn it on fire because I don't have my um, 
your matches um, with you. <laughs> no, I don't have my indefinite right to remain ah. yet. So I don't want Pretty Patel to expel me from this country for doing the right thing. I think that, that was the fair thing to do. Uh, and uh, so, but I didn't do it. I um, I just did that uh, today. Um, what else did I do? Uh, there was this girl that has been hitting on me and yeah, like, shall we meet up? Shall we meet up? And he's like, love, we have 24 hours to meet up <laughs> and bubble. Um, yes, I'm Ben. Um, no, um, um, I don't want to be a flake, but... You know, I date across gender. Yes. And I have discovered throughout this year, mostly, that, or at least maybe it's a change that happened this year. I find women more flaky. <laughs> I have been having a lot of trouble meeting up with women. We uh, book... A date we set up the time and then we are about to book where and it it's over <laughs> yeah ah! exactly exactly so i end up this conversation saying sorry this has been a waste of time and when i become famous remember that this person will expose me for mistreating her or whatever it's like no you rescheduled a date five uh, sorry three times we're going to meet uh, and it's not respectful. And I'm going to tell you it's a waste of time. Yes. The, so this is coming. That's the way I will be cancelled in three years. Remember this podcast. Um, that, so, my, yeah. my podcast will be one of those that was pick, picked up when you like are booked for yeah. SNL or something like that. They will yeah. pick this, up my podcast. <laughs> this was happening since the 16th of October of 2020. And she fooled us all. But she was mistreating women and she was, uh, uh, yeah, all of these things. It's like, no, guys, I'm, I'm tired. I'm old. I would like to have sex in the next 24 hours. Not 24. Uh, we have 10, actually, <laughs> uh, with people that, that thought that it would be appropriate because they have been trying to, te to sex. I don't sex anymore, by the way, because people that sex, that's the only thing that they want to do. They yeah. never want to meet up in real life to uh, fulfill desire. I'm talking like an insult now, but I don't give a shit anymore. I'm over, obviously, uh, how would you say overwhelmed by everything? It's the best day. I'm aware of yes. this podcast on the best day. You do, you uh, do sound like a brave person. So I'm sure you have like moments in your life in which you have been brave, like telling yeah. people to fuck off and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a brave thing. Are there moments <laughs> that you have thought about where in which you have been brave that you want to share with our listeners? Well, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to continue talking about this uh, lady. Actually, uh, I'm going to talk, we had a date and everything was great. Uh, and uh, then we sat in a bench in in a Bethnal Green because, you know, curfew at 10 p.m. This will also sound very interesting when people listen to this uh, in three years. Yes. Why curfew at, 20, <laughs> at, at 10 p.m.? What, what was she doing? Well, so we sat in this bench at, uh, because it was curfew hour and we, and we bought, bought some uh, drinks. And you know what the mood was like to kiss? But next to us, two meters uh, next to us, there was these two guys who were very flamboyantly speaking, shouting. I don't know what that was there. They were, I mean, they were friends. They were evidently gay because of the flamboyance <laughs> of the scene and, and the drama around it and the way they move their hands and their body to explain normal interactions with people, whatever it is. So then they were two meters away from the bench. 
in this in this square that it was just us and these people. So I thought we're not going to kiss each other if if this is happening. So I waited like for 20 minutes while we, while we were chatting about this thing or the other, blah, blah, blah. And at some point I said, excuse me. I, I, I got up, went to these two guys and said, guys, I'm on a date and I think I'm going to kiss this girl. So, but I'm only going to do it if you leave. Did they? Or did they just and they stay left there? Okay. immediately. And they left Great. immediately. Like, you, yeah. I was just yeah, imagining them staying there and just staring. Okay, we're no, waiting. They said, okay, yes, we will help you with this. And they left immediately. Obviously, my dad was very impressed. Like, what did I tell them? Yeah. <laughs> I told her the truth and then we kissed. Did we have sex? No. Because and otherwise, that's the I would same. Be... That's the same. A person who was not meeting in the next 24 hours. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you why, do, why didn't we have sex. Um, because I feel we are in a time... I, I want to connect with people. I want to strike a connection. And sex can be a part of it or not. But I was about to have my period that night. And generally, in, uh, when I have a wine night stand, that's the only thing that will happen. Yeah. In my statistical model, I have proven this, mes- this this model. I don't know why. I don't think it, it should be that way. But so far in my experience, in 34 years, I don't know, 18 years active, uh, sexually active, if you sleep with a person on the same, uh, with a person on the same day, then nothing else happens. So I said, I like this girl. I want to meet her again. So I'm not going to sleep with her. Uh, and it's going to work out great. And Great, guys. Yeah. It worked out great. I fi- I'm finding this period hard because, yeah, because it feels like in order to even kiss someone, you have to, okay, cool, then what have you been do- doing in the past six months? Have you been keeping away from other people with COVID? Or... <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of okay because I have, I've, I have had it, so I'm slightly less afraid of it. And I know the risk I'm putting myself through but then the other person it needs to be it's always something that both people need to want always yeah but it feels like now both of us need to uh go through more hurdles in order to just kiss and it's too much it's too much work like people talking next to you yeah shouting men shouting (laughs) interrupting good things no yeah i i had it too in early march sorry in early april so Yeah, that's uh, my story. I didn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> But it's fine. It will all make sense in three years when I'm an acclaimed comedian. It will all be in fine. In a long-term and... relationship with this person you have kissed no, in the park. No, no. In a long-term relationship with uh, Victoria Beckham after I convinced her to leave his husband uh, and mm, family to hang out, uh, hang out with me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm great. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my pitch for Victoria Beckham. Also, something else that I want to... Because this is not the only brave thing I have done. I think that the first brave thing that I did that I can recall of at the age of five, I was at the swimming team uh, in my school. And actually, it was PE, the PE class. There was an, there, This school had an Olympic pool. The only Olympic pool in, in Cordoba, that is the Cordoba where, where I'm from, I didn't know has, you were uh, from Cordoba. I didn't know uh, Sant- uh, Sant- Alta Gracia was in Cordoba. Well, Alta Gracia is where I was born. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you asked more about my biography. <laughs> so I was born, as I said, the 21st of September 1986 in Alta Gracia, Argentina, in front of an ice cream shop. 
Uh, but then um, Cordoba is 50 kilometers from Altagracia. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cordoba is the second most important city of Argentina. It's like Birmingham, mm -hmm. an absolute shithole uh, where people resent the capital. Yeah. People that never live resent the capital. You're the second person I've met from Cordoba. That's why I, oh, you're from Cordoba. I didn't know. <laughs> so I, I, I lived most of my life in Cordoba from the age of four till uh, 26. Mm -hmm. And there I went to a school, Tabarin school a Catholic school that had an indoor swimming pool, an Olympic swimming pool. And when we were five, they, one of the teachers asked us if we wanted to to jump from the Olympic trampoline. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes. <laughs> and that's my and that's my first time I was brave. Are you generally brave with physical stuff like that? I mean, uh, yeah, that's a physical no. thing. No. <laughs> no, but when I, was, when I was five, I think I was pretty fit, uh, fit for a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of sports, uh, like proper lesbians do. Then I think I stopped. Did you start when I was... questioning your sexuality and decide I'm stopping uh, sports? Yeah, this is very lesbian-like. <laughs> I'm going to stop because there are things, there are questions that I don't want to to ask myself. So I was pretty sporty, sporty spice until the age of 14, I would say, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so you, did you want to know that? No, probably you didn't. But this is what we are doing today. I, I was, I at the age of like from maybe 10 to 13, I was a swimmer as well. They've asked if I wanted to compete and I said no, because I don't believe in competition. Because I was an annoying person, even at that age. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I also stopped. Really? I stopped you don't believe when... in competitions? I don't what know. What about funny women? Yeah, it's like I work for them. They pay me. <laughs> I do yeah. like, I, well, I think congratulations it's... Congratulations uh... on the grant. Oh, By the yeah. way, congratulations on the grant you got. That's It's good that um, finally the well the money that the government said that it would go towards uh, is reaching people that do uh, good things for the community. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's a well good done. a good thing. That means that we'll, we are good for the next few months and don't need to think about uh, stop stopping our <laughs> rich. Uh, yeah, uh, so it, it is a good thing. That's good. It's also a great night that I love to be part of. As an open mic, I think it's great. And um, well, I'm trying to take the best things from different from the best places I have been to uh, to try to shape the, the night I'm, mm -hmm. I'm organizing. And hopefully it works and it's a good night. Yeah. yeah. It was the first one was good with all the constraints of COVID, making it weird in a way that is not like, it, it is just weird because it, it is weird that yeah. someone has to clean weird. a mic in between acts and stuff like that. It's just weird. Uh, so yeah, if you take But not that, awkward. Not awkward, just like... Weird, weird but not awkward. And even I was organizing this and I managed to make an event organized by me, not awkward. How did that even happen? COVID. COVID. It has some Everything. benefits. <laughs> yeah. Now everybody's up to the standards. Did you have any other, like after five, did you kept being brave in other moments in your life? Or was that the only time you were brave in your life? And then again, last night. <laughs> no, I think I have been brave in other situations. Uh, but you want a heroic act. I don't. I for won't. all the girls, for all the girls listening, uh, we have ten hours <laughs> to bubble. So I'm going to tell you an heroic thing. This won't come out in time for someone to bubble you in the next ten hours. But they, well, on the, when they listen to this on the 11th of November, maybe yeah. we're back in tier one. 
I'll break the I'll break the rules for the for for the for, right person. The, for the right person. Actually, I said this to the date today. It's like, oh, you're going to follow the rules. It's like I I will break the rules for somebody that's not a flake, my darling. <laughs> okay, so uh, at my previous and my my I'm going to talk about my previous my, my previous job. I was working for a blockchain company, whatever that is. I have no um, idea. Nobody knows what blockchain is, not even the people that work in blockchain. But it's the underlying technology that uh, powers cryptocurrencies, just like blo- just like uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and others. And this this company had a very appalling um, culture against women because all of the people that left investment banking because you cannot harass interns anymore in investment banking, well, they are all in blockchain <laughs> because it's deregulated. And if you are a 50-something uh, head of people and talent, you can harass a 22-year-old girl uh, who is the intern. So I said that on my um, exit interview. <laughs> it's like, hi, guys, why is HR not doing anything with these complaints? Uh, it's like, which complaints, Victoria? They should be secret. It's like, no, because it's happened to my friends. So I know, I pretty know everything about it, everybody involved. Why didn't you do anything? Is it because the people involved are too big? So also I made them clear that I knew that I had been paid 50% less than my male colleague who was also made redundant, who was made redundant because he was an incompetent twat. Uh, while I was an uh, international speaker in SEO, very recognized why I was paying, being paid less than this guy. And there was no explanation from this, from the HR department. Uh, so what happened next? I was put, I, I played, I mean, I played this card for the team. I said this was unacceptable. I said that they had to be better for everyone. And also because the person I was talking to was also a woman. It's like, be better for the other women because all of this culture of harassment and bullying that you are allowing, I mean, you can do something yeah. about it. You can be part of the solution, Nina. You can be part of the solution. So they asked me politely to do um, what is it? Uh, when you leave, when you state what you did at your job, so another one can take over that document. I can't remember the name of it. Well, that document. That's great. With we are non, uh, we, none of us uh, is a British speaker. So that document where you tell people all of this. And um, my, and I said that I would do it when they have when they had um, sorted out the problems with harassment. Yeah. <laughs> onboarding, but onboarding document. It's the opposite. Yeah, uh, something like that is called. So Victoria, can you do this document so somebody else can take over? Yeah, I will do it when you could solve out the harassment cases. You're still waiting. You you still haven't done it. No. So then I then they. Um, I pretended that I did this document, but I just pasted again my all of the things that I had <laughs> I had done in my exit yeah. in my exit interview. Like for example, the uh, this is the strategy that got us to outrank IBM for very competitive keywords, and I did that even though I was paid fifty percent less than my male colleague. <laughs> so I, I did this document, and then I present, I publish it. <laughs> It was available for everyone to see. Um, so I was putting gardening leave. Mm. 
but at the, the moment I was cut, I was cut from Slack, from the from the Google Drive, yeah. from my emails, which I knew it would happen. You know, when you are about to press enter and say, this might be the last enter. Yeah. And actually I was on Slack, I was saying to one of my colleagues, I feel this is the last line I'm writing to you. And that boom, I was <laughs> expelled. I was expelled. But at that moment, a lot of people started sending me emails, uh, WhatsApp messages saying how important my contribution yeah. was and how brave I was to tell them that, even though I got... Uh, put in uh, gardening leave for this. Yeah. But I had an, uh, but I had another job secured. Yeah. If you're wondering if I'm employed, I did this or with a job offer where I was going to be paid fairly. The document is called handover, by handover. the way. Handover. Yeah. So that was the best handover I have uh, ever done. And I feel very proud of that. Yeah, I think that is a, a proud moment. And also brave, because even though you had secured a, jo a job and all of that, it's, yeah, it's not something everyone does. <laughs> it's just like I know. the co conflict bit of stuff is always hard. Was there, in the other hand, any moment in your life where you haven't done something for lack of bravery or maybe fear? Um, sorry, I, I, I actually, I have access to the handover document. <laughs> I was remembering, I was remembering uh, if I had saved it. Yeah. Then I saved the handover document and I sent it to everyone in the company so they could still have access yeah. to it. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm sure they took it down almost immediately. So yeah, I, I think that next step is an important one. This yeah. is the reality. It will always live. It will always yeah. live on my Google Drive. Yeah. which is open to everybody who wants to read it. <laughs> That's my legacy. My braveness lives in these documents. You will always have proof of it. Do you have... Yeah, I can send you the links, actually, for this. Do you <laughs> have <laughs> any video of uh, jumping from the Olympic a trampoline in when you were five? No, I don't. I only have video of uh, bungee jumping and all those things, which a lot of people do. It's not... I don't know. Uh, after, I mean, it might be cooler to mention this in COVID, times but um actually it would be pretty good to do uh bungee jumping or uh skydiving right now that would be pretty cool during covid but i don't have a, i don't have i don't have video of this only yeah i have seen a video of you swimming i think uh when you were a kid i don't know if you were five or a little older at the I time i was seven yeah when I, I wanted to be a swimmer yeah because before i passed to the semi-finals of tune or down and funny women Uh, generally, comedians say that they have done something important, hierarchically important. And I didn't have any of those. And the only competition that I have won, as I said, is a swimming competition at the age of seven. So I posted it on Instagram, and that's the video you have seen. Yeah. Now, in this swimming competition, I want to tell you that I, I, I won all of the races against male and females of my age. So it was not a segregated competition as they usually are. You were competing... Yeah across genders that's that's cool were they yeah, all seven in every style yeah they were all seven and i and i uh and i uh won in every style so you were all all, all around uh strong because they, they are as a swimmer myself i know they uh, bring different bits of your body like if you are swimming butterfly oh. it's uh, totally mm -hmm. different than doing what you call it the, yeah the other one that's yes. not crawl the, the frog one yeah. I, i don't know the name in, in english 
I I've said it before in this podcast. I think I can't remember it anymore. So yeah, my brain is fried. <laughs> but yeah, it also doesn't matter. People know what we're talking about. It's like swimming like a frog. <laughs> uh, let's see swimming styles. Swimming styles. I think it's called frog. Frog butterfly crawl. Oh, why? And side stroke. Why did I think? No, backstroke, a... breaststroke, butterfly, side stroke. Breaststroke. It's breaststroke. That's it. Because you are yeah. stroking your breasts while you swim. Yeah, I don't think you should, but <laughs> I'm not going to to don't kink give shame. You unsolicited uh, unsolicited feedback on how you swim. I'm sure there is a lot of straight males out there that will. Yes, <laughs> and also yeah, yeah, uh, true. Is there any time in your life that when you haven't done something for lack of bravery or maybe fear? Yeah. I think that I should have done all of the comments that that, that exit interview and all of those handover notes. I should have done it in the time while uh, events were happening and not after. And now what I try to do, because I'm in a managerial position or a head of position, I try to ensure that the where I work uh, uh, is a comfortable and safe place. Above all for women, mm-hmm. because I don't know why there is this little issue that generally women are mostly affected, women or people who are not um, traditionally associated to any gender or to the gender assigned at birth. But at the moment, in the moment uh, in my company, it's just female uh, women that, yeah, cis female that identify as such. So I try that there are no sexist comments in meetings, not racist comments in meetings. And if anybody else does it, even if it's my boss, I call them out. Because I don't want the other person who is an, one of my employees to believe that that's how it should be. Yeah. Because, and obviously, because she's a bit uh, general in companies, in hierarchy, you are not going to tell your boss, hey, uh, this comment is sexist, this comment is yeah. racist. I'm going to say it. And I don't care if it's my boss anymore. Yeah. I don't care about that. But uh, I understand that it's difficult for, for other people to, to say it. And I'm yeah. trying that that doesn't happen ever again you're leading by example and also you're deep down afraid that your employee when they leave you will do the same handover (laughs) document you did now you don't because you act accordingly you don't act in a way that people well i'm not yeah i'm not going to let anyone in my team anyone that i know to be harassed or bullied anyone in my team or anyone in comedy i mean if you have the privilege of being able to speak up yeah maybe bravery is taking that chance and not because of convenience oh it's my boss it's like i don't give a shit and i this happened to me two or three days ago when i was in a i was in a pre in a sound check for ico webinar and one of the speakers was being a total asshole one of the speakers was saying uh we need a host for this we need an mc for this webinar and it's like have you read on the website that i have been selecting as the mc i am the host we don't need that and he was like, well, I do podcasts all the time, so I can give you tips if you need any MC tips. He's like, uh, dude, I'm a comedian. I have been semi-finalist of comedy competitions. I perform live. Beyond podcasts, I face people live. So you're not going to give me any feedback. You are a speaker. I am the host. And that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. The fact that I have to say that in a room, or in a room, in a, in a video, in a Zoom call that is full of adults, professionals, 
It's unbelievable that I have to put somebody in place. Yeah, and it's unbelievable that they are in in this event that is produced by someone that booked it and that booked a host and booked other people in the panel and has uh, the the thought that oh maybe this wasn't they didn't do this right and I I'm better than everyone and I I'm able I'm better to... than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you know what is a good thing and that gives me hope that the world is going to change. First of all, the other when this person left the meeting, the other people said that it had been unacceptable, and the organizer said that it was unacceptable. And they asked me and say, if you want, if you don't want this this guy to be on the call, we can remove him because this is not how we deal with things here. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. And I said, yeah. no, it's all good. But if he behaves like this, and we are on air, we have eighteen hundred registrants for this SEO webinar. <laughs> if that happens live, I'm going to call him out and I'm going to put him in place. And I'm not going to give anyone else the benefit of the doubt anymore or anything. I'm going to act as a crazy bitch. Because apparently, if you don't do that, the world just goes, like, they just, they, there is people that think that they can crush you. Yeah. And it's a very, I don't want to be uh, this vicious in the way that I don't want to think that if you don't, uh, if you like someone and you don't sleep on the first day, that's everything you, that was available and that's everything that that was there to take i would like to have meaning to make meaningful connections where it's at work with people i feel attracted to romantically or that i want to have a professional relationship or, uh, or in comedy i would like to have a meaningful connection whatever that is not that this world is this this slice of shit and if, if, and you can take it or there's nothing for you. Well, at least I'm going to call it out. It's the only thing I can do. Now that I'm in a, in a place, at least at work or professionally, that I have a bit of power, a bit of influence. It's yeah. the only thing I can do. Yeah, and I'm I applaud you for that uh, because not, not everyone not everyone does it. So I think it's uh yeah it's a good thing. I am brave enough. For this podcast? Oh, I don't rate uh, bravery in in, the, in, the, in my guests. Uh, not in public, at least. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. Not a competition. Uh, as I said in a recording yesterday for like the episode that will come out before yours, I'm just looking to 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 get Miriam Webster to change the bravery definition in their dictionary. That's my only objective with this podcast. That's great. Yeah. That's well, that's we should if we don't aim high, mm-hmm. who is going to aim high? Exactly. What what, what would it like to, uh, your definition to be for uh, bravery? It's ever changing because every person brings something new to the definition. So in 100 episodes I will write my definition and submit it to <laughs> to the Miriam Webster dictionary. Okay, so my my in my hand, in my definition there are handover notes, mm-hmm. Olympic trampoline. Uh, uh, telling people to fuck off so you can and kiss a date that wasn't that wasn't even uh, worth it. And you know how the dictionary definitions usually then have like a sentence where you can use these words. I will use all those uh, <laughs> Olympic trampoline. <laughs> for example. Yeah, for example. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah and an example of every guest that would be great i love it it will be yeah. a whole dictionary in itself with just the word bravery <laughs> in it i think it's great I, I mean at the moment i think that we we have to raise standards in the standards that we can uh, in our case in comedy uh or in in your workplace uh, and that's the only thing we can do there is people like Greta Gamba that has sort of tried to transform the world mm-hmm. 
but within your reach, what can you do to to do this a bit better? Yeah, and it's all like, yeah, and that, I think that's a, a good way to, to think about it because you can't by yourself change the world in like a big way and maybe that will prevent you from trying to do it in little ways but you should try to do it in the ways you can that maybe are little and maybe will only uh, reach i don't know a limited number of people around you but that's if all of us did that change will happen big change will happen so that's what we're trying to get yeah with what we should yeah. tell people to do just everyone i was Little exactly. Little. I was reading about uh, this lady who passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm -hmm. and some of her quotes. And and there was one of her that says uh, uh, that we should. It said, uh, it says something like we should. Uh, what you should do is to empower the people that are, have been a, a little less fortunate mm -hmm. than you. That's what you. What that's the impact that you should have in the yeah. world. So, yeah, it's up to us. Yeah. And yeah, when we do have some uh, security, some privilege, some whatever it is, you have to use it to help others that don't have it. Yeah, I believe that very much. Is there anything coming up in your life for which you will have to be brave in order to accomplish or achieve? Sorry, I have the, the exact quote. Mm -hmm. You want the exact quote? Sure. It says, I tell law students, if you are going to be a lawyer and just practice your profession, you have a skill, much like a plumber. But if you want to be a true professional, do something outside of yourself. Something that makes life a little bit better for people less fortunate than you. And for me, that's the only thing we can do. Yeah. Can you repeat the question? Yes. Is there something coming up in your life for which you will have to be brave in order to achieve or accomplish or just do? Well, the COVID second wave. <laughs> uh, I think that everything is a bit harder. Well, when you're a woman, when you're LGTB, when you're an immigrant. So sometimes I'm tired of that. I think life it would have been so much easier being like the white straight male that wanted to give me MC tips because he had a podcast two times a week. So I think that I, I need bravery for everything. And I, I want to have the bravery it takes to put up great comedy events like you have done last year and to raise the bar and to show how a good open mic should be or a good comedy event should be. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that there are so many examples Uh, of that your night yes. is a great it was a great example and uh, going to that night made me think of coming differently it's like you can charge a ticket people will pay to be there you can have great acts uh, you can have mostly females or female identifying or non-male identifying um, uh, comics you can yeah line up you can have impro you can have musical comedy and to make Yeah, and that those kind of events make comedy better. So I want to have my own night and to make it great, make make stand-up comedy great again. Uh, yeah, and to also have uh, performers that generally don't perform in other places. We are used to very male-dominated male yeah. um, uh, lineups, white-dominated uh, lineups, middle-class-dominated lineups, and... Society is not, or at least the people that are around me is not that. Yeah. So let's do something about it. Yeah, it's true. And like the more nights, because some people are afraid of competition, but I believe that the more nights that there are that uh, have that as their ethos to 
support those people and give space to those people that have traditionally had less space to to be on a stage the better because we know that in every i don't know how many uh, open mics and comedy nights that are in london but i'm sure that if we were going to look at it and look at percentages there's so many bad ones there's so many that are produced by the same person who books the same people uh, and yeah that that breaks my brain a little so I'm always available to like if someone wants to host an night and needs tips on how to do it and stuff like that I'm always available to give them uh, tell them the things I've learned in doing it because I think we all should be trying to we, we should all have our own night we shouldn't because that will be terrible and <laughs> there wouldn't be enough space if every comedian had their own night it will be that just them to a mic and one audience member but you know no, what I mean. we don't want that the thing is that uh, we are in london and most nights are all are comedians organizing nights for other comedians yes and that's and and you should organize a night for an audience Yes. Not for a, not for a comedian. So if you may, and that's why there are so many free nights because nobody would pay to go there. Now, if we do a good night with good acts and we have proper marketing, proper SEO, and and, and direct it to an audience, to another audience that is less mainstream, more niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we are doing from in the queer culture club night is to target it uh, mostly to queer people. Yeah. And queer people want to go out, uh, especially females or female identifying. Because there are not so many nights for them. There are some parties and that's all. So we can have a good show. We can have good performers. And these people will pay for a ticket and and are willing to have a good time and get excited when somebody puts an event for them. So that's what I want to do. And also performers have a good time. And several people who are not queer, are straight identifying, want to send me messages to perform because they want to perform a good night. Not if it's straight, queer, ah, they're not queer, ah, I don't have jokes for queer. No, uh, love, we just want you to tell us our sto- your story. Yeah. Uh, which is the same uh, because the same applies the other way around as well because I hear a lot of times oh uh, we can't book a queer comedian on this mainstream show because no one no one will identify with your uh, gay sex jokes well <laughs> I don't know uh, first uh, not everyone does uh, jokes about sex not, every- <laughs> not everybody does sex yeah. first of all guys not everybody does sex first of all second Everybody does jokes about yes. sex. And generally, queer people, I can do way less jokes about sex because straight comedians do jokes about sex of how bad it is. And I think that that's... We're all satisfied. <laughs> I do say a yeah. lot because I sometimes do talk about dating. And all of my dating jokes are based on bad experiences at dating. And all of my dating jokes are about men i've dated so i do think that does show a, a trend well but you also said that women are the more complicated or women identifying are the more complicated to get a date yes with. so it's very more it's much more likely i would say based on this conversation that you can have sex with a man uh, or my male identifying and that is bad yes then um True. probably you have a bigger chance of having good sex with female female identifying be- but how are you going to get there if you yeah. haven't even meet up and unless maybe, it's your king? And maybe I they've gone through a sieve. So yeah, the ones that come through the sieve are the, the good ones. Whilst uh, I have dated a lot of men that wouldn't have gone through a sieve, I guess. 
Yeah, it's it's most widely available, probably. There's more supply, but the quality is. I know. I, I, I guess they're just more. Also, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why women, uh, from my experience, have been flaky, flaky lately. I think it's just. I, I'm going to blame it on COVID. Let's blame everything on COVID, and then. I do that when I skip my lines, or I I, I um don't do the pronunciation correctly, like I'm doing now. Uh, when I forgot how to call a handover notes, I blame it on COVID. Yes, it's like we've we've had it, and we know that there there it causes long-lasting effects. So all our uh, language troubles from now on will be <laughs> related to COVID, because it's one exactly. of the long-lasting effect effects. It makes us forget exactly. words in English. <laughs> Is there someone in your life, be it real or fictional? or some like a public figure or just someone you know that you would use as an example of bravery yeah it will be a, uh, it will be a bit lame i think but i'm going to go for it uh, i think that Cher is an example of bravery because she has been the first female to do things that no female has done before and and the way she can contextualize that at this moment For example, when she, at the age of 40, she was told she couldn't be the main actress on a, in a movie with Nicolas Cage because she was too old and how she dealt with that and how she speaks about it. And also because she set up the sort of the way or the, the path for a lot of female artists, mm -hmm. female singers and female performers. So I think, and it takes, and it takes some guts to have such a long career when age seems to be such an important yeah. thing for a female or female identifying so i'm going to go with that and i love she's so funny i do I love wish when I... that quote from her that's something like my mom told me i should have a man to take care of me and i told her i'm my own man i like yeah. that <laughs> yes yeah um i think she's great but there is a lot of examples Also, when I was um, when I uh, was a, a child, I mean, the, when we moved to Cordoba, we moved to a neighborhood where all of the the streets have names of brave women, of women that have done something incredible. And I lived in a street called Joan of Arc, so I'm a huge fan of Joan of Arc and the transgression of the time of uh, cross dressing. Uh, well, for a religious cause, yeah. but she cross dressed. Probably she wanted to. Uh, however, there were uh, there were a lot of uh, incredible people uh, that well I managed to research at that time without internet. What Clara Barton, Florence Nightingale, Florence Nightingale in English, uh, jo um, Amelia Earhart, all of these incredible women that have done something that could not be conceivable at the time. Yeah. I think they are great examples. Yeah, from my neighborhood, which is called Valle del Cerro. In Cordoba, Argentina, all of them great women. Unfortunately, Cher is not there yet. You have to 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 pitch that to your to Cordoba to mayor. mayor. Yeah, yeah. And we are uh, reaching the end of the podcast. Do you have any parting words about bravery? Something I haven't asked you about, and you were very very much wanting to tell me about bravery. Uh, I have been left speechless. Yeah, I feel it's like when it's a work interview, when people say, is there anything you want to ask to us? And if you don't say anything, you're an idiot. <laughs> after five after five or six interviews and an assignment and a panel interview, <laughs> apparently you have questions and you're, not, and you're an idiot if you don't have questions for them. No, I think I said much more 
than I should have said. <laughs> uh, we were three in three years how this plays out for me. Uh, I just want to thank you for inviting me to this and to all of the events you generally uh, organize. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Doing this podcast is very brave. Oh, thank you. To put it to put up a podcast that is not a male white male podcast. Uh, trade white male podcast I think it's very brave there is one more thing I want to ask you which is like the last last question and it's if is if you have any plugs well funny you ask on hinge <laughs> no I'm on I'm not on dating apps I have given up so if you want to find the face behind this voice which I think I'm sort of fairly decent looking uh, you can find me on Instagram and Victoria underscore comedy. By the way, this girl I talk, she found me on Instagram. So if you want to find me on Instagram, you want to bubble, and you are not a flake, let's meet up. Or if you want to record a show about my life after I have told this hilarious uh, anecdotes of how I jumped off a trampoline and did the best and worst handover you can possibly do in life, yeah, reach out, Victoria underscore comedy on Instagram. I'm not checking Twitter because it poisons my soul, but uh, I, that is at Victoria underscore Olsina. And that's pretty confusing because I put SEO stuff and comedy stuff. Uh, comedy stuff. So nobody pretty understands what my Instagram is about, my Twitter is about, and I don't either. So it depends on how confused you want to be. I would prefer to be followed on Instagram, Instagram. I Insta Instagram I don't accept uh, anyone to uh, for your information <laughs> on Twitter I do so I don't know ladies and gentlemen just stalk me if you're interested and you might find me because I'm a search engine optimization specialist so I have optimized all of my assets online for you to find me Victoria it's easy to find uh, thank you so much for being a guest at my podcast <laughs> So thank you so much for inviting me and have a good afternoon. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianne's Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Pejdo. Until next week.